the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The Bruce Hooley Show podcast is brought to you by HemisphereCoffeeRoasters.com. Creating jobs and restoring dignity one cup at a time. Good coffee doing good. Learn more at HemisphereCoffeeRoasters.com. Again, a reminder, we will not be here on Thanksgiving Day. We will not be here on Friday, taking a long weekend. Hope you enjoy a long weekend with family or with friends. Thanksgiving uh, at breakfast this morning, which I don't get a chance to go to breakfast with my buddies on Tuesday morning very much anymore because, you know, your life cycle changes, your schedule changes. My schedule I love right now, not just here 11 to 1 on the answer, but I love that I get to start my day by taking two of my daughters to school in the morning. And that has taken me out of my routine meeting with my buddies in uh, a certain uh, little diner-type place every Tuesday morning. But today I was able to stop by because my kids are off school right now. And it was just neat to hear what each person is thankful for and to reflect upon the gift of their friendship, their impact on my life. I hope at Thanksgiving—you know, we always—pretty pretty common for people to say, what are you thankful for? Eh, family. I'd ask you to think about that a little bit deeper. We have problems in our country. We're at, I think, a, I think the most consequential time in our country of my lifetime. I've lived through some upheaval times in my lifetime. I was a kid during the Civil Rights Movement. That was ugly. I didn't understand it. Uh, the Vietnam War period, getting out of Saigon was ugly. Watergate was ugly. Uh, inflation in the Carter years, ugly. The attempted assassination on President Reagan, the Cold War, ugly. The Clinton years started, you know, pretty good. Then he disgraced the presidency and the real, I think, as I ponder it now, beginning of the descent we're in in America morally is when I noticed it most, like mid-90s with Clinton. For the President of the United States not to be held accountable for what was clearly a breach of every propriety and protocol that we're entitled as citizens to have in that office. That was a watershed moment in our country because um, we we chose easy, we chose comfort, we didn't choose to do the hard thing, we didn't choose to do the right thing, we didn't choose to get rid of him and say, no, we're not going to put up with this in our President. And that led us to, you know, honestly, a president like Donald Trump. His his morals are not what I would uh, ideally desire in a president either. A lot of good things that I think he did policy-wise, the temperature of the presidency under his um, stewardship, I don't think was ideal for our country. I understood it. It was even at times uh, enjoyable to watch somebody push back to... The vitriol on the left. But here's the thing. Like when you when you respond in the way that you deplore, you become what you deplore. And it's hard to fight against it. I, I have to fight against it because it's it's you know, it's tempting and it's a little bit fun. 
And do I do it? Yeah, probably on a daily basis I do it. It's an ongoing battle. I've tried to police my social media more to just respond on factual terms. They can be, you know, searing and um, a little snarky at times. But the tenor of the conversation in the country, anger and hate and accusations and assuming the worst, it's not going to get us where we want to get, where we used to be. And I don't know that might not be God's plan for us to ever get there. But I wanted to go through a couple comments from MSNBC on the Rittenhouse thing. Some of them I thought were dumb, stupid, really hateful, indicative of the determination to continue to go in the wrong direction. Some of them actually asked decent questions that are worth pondering. So let's go f- go through a few of them. Here's Joy Reid, number one, uh, I think one of the biggest racists with a platform in our culture. Here's Joy Reid on the Rittenhouse verdict. What we need to worry about is that we have nothing in place legally. We have right. nothing in place culturally or socially to stop the next group of white nationalists, proud boys, MAGA people, whoever they want, to take from this verdict what they want and to use it as permission to attack Black Lives Matter. And Black Lives Matter ain't just black people, as we just saw. Anyone who supports Black Lives Matter should be very afraid tonight. Okay, so this is one of the things you have to be aware of that we have to push back against and say, no, that's not right. Exaggeration. Okay? Exaggeration. Rampant exaggeration. She said there's, we have, meaning African Americans, have nothing in place legally, (laughs) culturally, or socially to keep white supremacists from just running amok and just gunning us down. That's what she said. Nothing in place. Literally, nothing in place. That's exaggeration, right? It's the same kind of exaggeration when you get into a thing with your wife or your husband and you go, well, you always, you never. Let's all try to pledge to stay away from exaggeration, okay? Joy Reid, serial exaggerator. That gets us nowhere, nowhere, but a bad place. Here's Joy Reid's prediction on what's ahead. This country was built on the idea that white men had a, a, a particular kind of freedom and a particular kind of citizenship that only they have that gives, you know, from the slave catchers on the right to inflict violence um, in the name of protecting property. That's like the foundational creation of the United States. What I am concerned about is the precedent this sets for what people will believe that they can do under law when Black Lives Matter protests happen in the future, and that people may use this as an excuse to start going out of state and doing what this teenager did. Okay, so a couple interesting things here. So she's saying she's afraid that because Kyle Rittenhouse shot people in the midst of a Black Lives Matter protest, that she's afraid that'll continue to happen. Well, I don't want that to happen, and you I, I don't think you want that to happen, so I don't disagree with her on that. I don't want that to happen. She talks about Rittenhouse getting the motivation to do it because he's protecting property, and she says that's a slave master mindset, this thing that you have property and you can protect it. She's putting that in a light that that's wrong. Okay. We do have that 
kind of assumption in our country that this is my property and I can protect it. I can protect it. All right, if she has an issue with that, that's something that if you want to change it, we have to talk about it and we have to agree to it and we have to do it in a legal way in our country. We can, Congress can make a law or the whatever your local municipality is that can make a law. But you're entitled to act on the law. So she's she doesn't like she doesn't like the law. She doesn't like the part of the law, the exercise of the law that she says allows Kyle Rittenhouse to go and kill people in self-defense to protect property. But did you notice, did you notice, she says, the next Black Lives Matter protest, so there's going to be another one, there's going to be more, there's going to be a lot more, of course there are. She doesn't have any problem, at least she doesn't say she does, with protests leading to the destruction of property. See, BLM can do all they want to do to destroy property, which is against the law. So she's okay with people who break the law. She's not okay with people who uphold the law. Now, we can argue about the law, different discussion, but right now the law is you can't riot and you can't destroy property. And the law is if someone's destroying property, you get to protect that property. Okay? So she's advocating... For law-breaking. Okay, we can't have that. So we can't have exaggeration. That doesn't get us anywhere. And we can't advocate for law-breaking. We can't advocate for the means justify the ends. Because there's no consistency in that. There's no consistency in the means justify the end. That's all according to feelings. It's like, well, my means are better than... My ends are worth it. Your ends... No, your ends stink. No, no, you can't do that. No, I get to do it. My ends are better. That's not a consistent position, okay? So we have to work from no exaggeration, and we have to be consistent, and we have to be lawful. So those are things we can learn from Joy Reid's comments. Here's uh, one of the particularly uh, wacko people on MSNBC. I'm sorry I don't know his name, but wow, he's out there. Rittenhouse will be the poster child for reactionary white men who want to take the law in their own hands who want to bring assault weapons to Black Lives Matter's protests, and who think that violence is a legitimate form of political discourse. Okay, again, lack of consistency, right? Rittenhouse, violence, consistent form of political legitimacy, bad. Nothing to say about BLM and the violence, which, why is that okay? Lack of consistency. Lack of of consistency. More from the MSNBC conversation. At some point, someone is going to weaponize the self-defense. And when I say weaponize it, I mean they are going to have a designated Kyle Rittenhouse. And when you can anticipate or precipitate an attack, whether it's bottles thrown at you, then not only can that person go back and defend himself, Others can turn their weapons and carry out a massacre and say it was in defense of another person. This This, is going to get out of control. Okay, we don't want that either, but that's not how the law works. That's not how the law works. Why was Kyle Rittenhouse able to, in this gentleman's way, in this gentleman's words, get away with it? Why was Kyle Rittenhouse able to get away with it? Why? All together now. Self-defense. 
self-defense. Kyle Rittenhouse could shoot two people, one of whom beating him over the head with a skateboard, one of whom who tried to pull a gun away from him. Those two things, and then he shot Gabe Grosskreutz because Grosskreutz pointed his gun at Kyle Rittenhouse's head. Kyle Rittenhouse got to do those things within the bounds of the law because it was self, self-defense. You'll notice Kyle Rittenhouse was not charged with, nor do I think he would have been exonerated for, standing across the street with his AR-15, watching someone rioting and shooting them dead. Why would he not have been able to get away with that? Would Kyle Rittenhouse have been in any danger of that person 30, 40 yards away with a skateboard? Would he have been in any personal danger? No, he would not have been. He would not have had a right to claim self-defense because he would not have been in any imminent danger. So what do we know? What can we learn from the bad example set by MSNBC? Don't exaggerate, Joy Reid. We have nothing in place to protect us. Be consistent. If you're going to say one thing for one side, it has to apply to the other, and we have to be within the law. And then in this case, pay attention to the details. Pay attention to the details. Law says self-defense, not defense. Kyle Rittenhouse wasn't exonerated because of defense. Oh, there's a car. They're burning a car. I'm shooting that guy. He's set that car on fire. (laughs) Can't do that. But when you listen to these shrill, anger-stoking arguments, they're meant to keep you on edge. They're meant to summon in you the same demonic, demonic, demonic anger that these people feel. They want to suck you in so that whatever's lacking in your life, you feel joining their movement will give you the virtue that they're spouting on TV, right? I'm such a good person, Joy Reid says, that I'm crusading against this from my penthouse in Manhattan. Whatever pain Joy Reid has suffered in her life has obviously been significant. She has no love for her fellow man unless their skin color matches hers. She's clearly a racist, a hateful Very, very demented person. And there are plenty more whose skin color is different than hers. She's not the only one. But they're trying to get you to feel like you need to do what they're doing. Then you'll be as good as they are, right? Then you'll be freed of your own guilt and shame because you'll have a cause that you can believe in. And then you'll be able to say, well, I'm not a bad person because look what I'm doing for BLM. Look what I'm doing for Antifa. Look what I'm doing for the Proud Boys. Look what I'm doing for the white supremacy movement. You delude yourself into thinking that you're doing something good because you've really lost sight of what goodness is. Been a lot of talk, of course, about Kyle Rittenhouse's interview last night with Tucker Carlson. Uh, one explosive detail in that. You've heard the name before, Lynn Wood. Lynn Wood was part of the uh, legal team that was in in the aftermath of the election trying to basically get Donald Trump declared president of the United States. 
Uh, Linwood also was one of the first attorneys on the scene for Kyle Rittenhouse. And I thought at the time, I thought, okay, well, the kid will have good representation. Uh, Kyle Rittenhouse, uh, not a fan of Linwood and Linwood's partner, John Pierce. Uh, he claimed last night on Tucker that they used him to raise a lot of money but kept him in jail much, much longer than he needed to be in jail after the money was raised to get him out of jail. But 87 days of not being with my family for defending myself and being taken advantage to, being used for a cause by these by John Pierce and Lynn Wood, trying to solicit, not solicit, trying to raise money so they can take it for their own benefit, not trying to set me free. So you think they could have raised the money for bail faster, but they didn't? Um, I believe it, I believe uh, sometime in September, September 5th, I want to say, they had over a million dollars. And-, and he was not out of jail until late November. He said he did not get to shower. He had no running water in his cell. He did not get to shower for uh, some incredible, interminable number of days, 50 days or something like that. Uh, Mark Richards, the attorney who did eventually lead the defense team for Kyle Rittenhouse, went on CNN. This is uncomfortable. He appeared with host Ashley Banfield to talk about the Rittenhouse trial and said, coverage at the beginning of the trial was wrong. Just in the last two weeks, you people may not believe this, but I watch MSNBC, CNN. I'm not a big Fox guy. And when I hear Joe Scarborough, MSNBC, Morning Joe, Saying my client shot his gun 60 times, that's wrong. When I hear some guest on Joy Reid say, my client drove four hours to get to a riot with his AR, that's wrong. It's false. It makes me angry that they can't take the time to at least get the generic basic facts correct because it didn't fit the story they wanted to tell. Well, he just explained why they don't take the time to get the facts right because it doesn't tell the story that they want to tell. Kyle Rittenhouse has been found guilty in court. He's not been found and never will be found not guilty in the court of mainstream media opinion. Right now, as we speak, the jury in the case involving those charged with the murder of Ahmed Arbery, the jury is deliberating in that case. I've not followed that case closely, but it would not surprise me if all of the defendants in this case are found guilty. Purely from a long, 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 long distance, it appears to me they are guilty of some kind of crime. It appears to me they vastly overstep the bounds that people are allowed to engage in to make a citizen's arrest or to intervene in a situation where they feel like another person has done something wrong. I think you're perfectly willing to perfectly able and, and, and find following someone, getting their name, getting their license number, finding out where they go. I, I don't think you can pull a shotgun out on them just because you think their activity is suspicious. I will have to hear how that's okay if, in fact, the jury finds it's okay. But the media doesn't seem to be interested at all in the Arbery defendants unless they are acquitted. Then the media will get very, very interested in it because it will fit their twisted view of the world, which, again, I ask, we're going in the wrong direction. Are we willing to turn around and go in a different direction? 
three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.